You're listening to The B-Side, a podcast of Blessed Hope Community Church. Hey, this is Malia, your host as usual, and today I'm joined by Pastor Matt. Hello. Pastor David. Hello. For maybe just a short time. For a little bit. Because he's got to go coordinate some things. Yeah, got to go, got to go over the paycheck. <laughs> and today we actually have a fun guest. We have Pastor Brian Lund from Harvest Church. Hello. And never been accused of being fun. I was going to say but... a fun guest, not just a regular <laughs> guest, but a fun guest. Brian, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I pastor Harvest 365, which is just a couple blocks from you guys here. Um, I'm married to Amanda. We've been married um, almost 20 years. We have four kids, um, two in high school, one in middle school, one in elementary school. Um, I don't know what else you want to know. That's like our life. How long have you been pastoring? I have been pastoring since 2000 um, in several different capacities. Um, We youth pastored, we church planted, and we have senior pastored uh, and associate pastored, I guess, so multiple different capacities. Um, and we've been here in Vinton for about three and a half, almost four years. Cool. Where did you move from? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we technically moved from Indiana. We were pastoring oh, just okay. outside of Indianapolis. And, um, but then we took a sabbatical in the transition, and okay. we spent some time in Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. Your folks in Pennsylvania? Yes, my okay. whole family's from Pennsylvania. Okay. Oh, okay. So you like Iowa? We love it here. We yeah. love Vinton. Um, Good. This this small community. Everyone says Vinton's a city, but we came from Indianapolis, so <laughs> we're like, no, it's not. It's a town. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we we absolutely love it here. Oh, good to hear. Good to hear. Well, I what one thing that I think is cool is that. Between Matt and you and David and who else? Matt McGee over at Oak Grove. Oh, Matt McGee, Kurt Brubaker. Um, yeah. You know, Shane. In, in our get together, sometimes Shane Klein from yeah. First Baptist. I like that you guys have kind of all found each other and kind of. I call you guys the pos- the pastor posse. <laughs> Sounds very. We found each other in this crazy <laughs> world. We Whoa. found each other. Oh, gosh. It's like we were drawn together. Yeah. <laughs> There could be only one. (laughs) That was from. Never mind. Yeah. The Highlander. No. The Quickening. Never mind. Okay. You guys have seen The Highlander. Okay. All right. Always with the obscure movie references. I don't know if that's obscure. I feel like that's pretty mainstream. I don't even know what that is. Now, if he started to sing the theme song, it would get really awkward. (laughs) (laughs) It would get because he was singing or because of the theme song. (laughs) A little bit of both. (laughs) Call me. Call me. Um, no, you know what? We appreciate Brian's ministry over at Harvest and uh, his friendship, you know, and, and so it's good, um, you know, it's good to be able to minister together. And, and Harvest is a different kind of church. You guys are a four-square mm-hmm. church, um, you know, full gospel, um, Pentecostal, <laughs> a little more charismatic, however you want to frame it. But, but you guys exercise the gifts a little more freely than we do, which is why you're a good resource for us. Um, in this podcast especially. So it's good to have you here. Thank you. I kind of felt like when we podcasted last, we left it as spiritual gifts can never be like any sort of natural talent or the way God wired us, but more are like these supernatural things that that happen occasionally, maybe. I don't know. Sure. Um, Where something where I could not have done that without 
the Holy Spirit, which I totally agree with. I think yeah. that absolutely does happen. But is there ever, I mean, is there room for more, I don't know, normal kind of regular kinds of things? So, so yeah, I think when, when we talked last podcast coming out of chapter 12, I think we, we were talking a lot about um, gifts in general, yes, but I think we were talking more about prophetic or sign gifts. Um, to a degree, at least that's, that's the way I'm, I'm remembering that. And so, um, those are things that, you know what, that is not something that I just have a natural talent for. Right. I don't have a natural Mm -hmm. talent for healing, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, that doesn't happen just because, um, uh, because I'm interested in the human body. Uh, that is a miraculous work of God that he gives. And that just is what it is. Um, the, you know, the gift of prophecy. I do think that, that while that is a certain, area of gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of spiritual gifts. Um, and I think sometimes those gifts get awfully close to the way that God's wired us. I don't think he wastes that. Right. Um, are they the same? Are they different? I think now you're, you're splitting hairs to a degree. Mm-hmm. I think, are, am I surrendered to God? Am I, am I doing it, what he's empowering me to do, what he's calling me to do? Um, I I do think there's times where God might take a talent and say, okay, now I'm going to do something even better and greater with it Mm -hmm. um, to make it a a gift that is for the edifying and the building up of the church. Mm -hmm. Um, I've known people who are hospitable people, Mm -hmm. right? But when they become Christians, you know, God just supercharges that hospitality and they have now this gift of hospitality where they are, uh, they are hosting and they are gathering people together and they're building connections and relationships in a way that normal folks can't. Um, and I, you know, I would say that's them walking in their gift. It comes outside of their faith as a, a wiring inside their faith. I think it's just what God has charged them to do. Mm-hmm. That's, I, I think that's plausible yeah. and possible. And I think maybe where that came up is when I was talking about like my study. Yeah. Right. I, I do believe that, that, um, well, I wouldn't say that my preaching is a spiritual gift. I think that God has wired me to be an orator, to be able to present information. But I do think that God has given me a unique giftedness to be able to understand his word, to be able to understand um, context and intention of the word and bring it together and and prepare it in such a way that I can then go do what my talent is of giving it. Mm-hmm. Um, in an understandable way. So I don't know. Brian, I, what, what do you, what, what's your take on those different gifts? I think <clears throat> part of what's being described is personality and tendencies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I would not say that our, our talents and abilities are spiritual gifts. Um, they're definitely not. They're separate. Um, a, a spiritual gift is something that is worked through us by the Holy Spirit. Like you said, you know, it's it's not like I have this talent of healing because I took a medical class when I was in college. Um, But I also believe that God created both in us. You know, God enables both in us. He enabled our personality. He gave us our talents and abilities, but he also provides these spiritual gifts. And so it's not uncommon for us to operate in the area of spiritual gifts along the lines of our natural tendencies, our abilities. Yes, they will connect and they'll kind of mesh together, even though they're two separate things. Um, And so um, there are, you know, an introvert 
which is a, is a is a personality type, is probably not going to be a more outspoken prophetic person. It's just not how God has wired them and created them to be. The gift and the personality are separate, but a lot of times they do kind of lock fingers and and function and God made both. He he created us with our mm-hmm. our character and our personality for a reason and then he will use that um, to accomplish his purpose and his will through the gifts. Okay. So on Sunday you said that we should be using our spiritual gifts. True. So how do we know what they are and if we're using them? Well, I think uh, so. So now you've now you've got now, now you've. Got, I think that's what everyone wants to know. Yeah, I, I think because <laughs> so like okay, you, yeah, we do want to be honoring God. So yeah, what do, how do I, we do this? I think the question of how do I identify and use my spiritual gift is a good, honest question. I think it's not the starting question. Um, I think a good starting question is how am I. How am I engaging God, right? So, and, and, and that's a lifestyle question, right? Am I, am I in prayer? Am I in study? Am I reading the word? Am I following the promptings of the Holy Spirit in the way that I live my life? And I, I really do think that as we do that, like these opportunities and these things will come to the surface. Um, you know, for example, somebody that has the spiritual gift of evangelism right? Somebody that has the spiritual gift of evangelism as they read the word, as they pray, as they study, as they do these things. And they're, they're saying, okay, Holy spirit, I am, I'm all in today. Like, show me like there will be the opportunities and the promptings to, Hey, you know what? Talk to that person, share with that person, pray with that person. And we kind of will, will navigate into our gifts. Um, I know there, there are, we talked, Brian and I talked yesterday, just, uh, you know, kind of picking, picking his brain a little bit. And we talked about spiritual gifts assessments. There are those things and they're mm-hmm. not wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the thing is you take a spiritual gift assessment and it tells you what your gift is. You still have to figure out how to walk in it mm-hmm. and walking in it is contingent on being obedient to what the Holy spirit puts in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would say to somebody that wants to know, well, what's my spiritual gift and how do I start to use it? You know, I might take a step back and say, well, how's your relationship with God Mm -hmm. and what are you doing for him? Mm -hmm. Period. Sure. You know, rather than, well, I'd I'd love to get started, but I need to wait and figure out my gift first. Mm -hmm. So. So basically, no answer. Okay. Whoa. Oh, I thought I I answered that very clearly. I don't know. Let's take the next step. So what what if you feel like you're doing that? Well, then how do you, like, how do you recognize... I would say if you, know you I mean? if you feel like you're doing that, like, hey, I'm studying, I'm yeah. working, I'm I'm praying, I'm asking God, I'm trusting the Holy Spirit, and I'm stepping into those things. I mean, I, I would venture to say, are there things that that feel like, man, that was a God moment, right? That that was beyond me completely. That just feels like 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 I could not have had that conversation if the Holy Spirit hadn't been showing me or guiding me. I I, I couldn't have responded in that generous way if God had hadn't been prompting me. And, and when you have those moments, I'd say there's something to that to say, well, that was completely God. Well, that, that might say something about your giftedness. Okay. Um, the other thing at that time, it's not wrong, you know, then to say, okay, well, maybe it's time to take an assessment. It's time to, to kind of do some of these things to help me figure out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's why we have Brian. <laughs> so Brian, in your church, when somebody says to you, hey, how do I identify my spiritual gift? What do you tell them? 
I think that's that's a twofold answer. Um, one goes back to tendency. But I think before we get to tendency, we have to start from the right premise. These gifts are not my gifts mm. that I hold on to and I go, my gift is this. Sure. They are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And if we are submitted and surrendered to the Holy Spirit, then God can function any of these gifts through any one of us. It's, they're all available to us if we're surrendered to the Holy Spirit. Um, however, the tendency that we, we go back to that personality and tendency aspect, personally, I'm not a mercy person. I just, I struggle with that. I have to very intentionally function graciously in mercy. In mercy. Um, and so I don't think God's going to find a situation where he's like, what we really need here is a mercy gift. Let's go find Brian. Uh, let's go find somebody that that it has a tendency to empathize with people in this way um and it's not that any one of us can't I, i've moved in that gift i could give mm -hmm. experiences where i'm like wow there was this moment and yeah. i was available and i was surrendered to the holy spirit and so i had an opportunity to love on somebody in that way um and so it, it, they're all available to us but we do have those tendencies i i I've taken a lot of the spiritual gift tests. Um, I have recommended people to do that. I don't like rubber stamp. If that's what you got on the test, that's what you definitely are. Um, it, I, I also think some of that can be seasonal. You know, I mean, there's just times and seasons in our life where God has us doing a certain thing. I, I functioned as a youth pastor very differently than I do as a senior pastor. And I operate in different gifts at different times because of that. Hmm. Um, so that was the point you made, I think, in our last podcast, too, was like, it's not, you're, you're not just like, oh, well, that's the gift I have. So that's the one I will always have. And that's the only way God will use me is as much as the, like you're saying, the spirit will, will move you in these ways as you're being submitted to him. Well, I guess one of the thoughts that was going through my head is, as we're talking about this and asking these questions, which are great, we also need to remember God is not a God of confusion. Agreed. And, and so when we're struggling with knowing what our gifts are, I get that because I'll, but that's not because God's withholding. Mm -hmm. it, that's, it goes back to the intimacy with God. Where's your relationship at? Where's it? Mm -hmm. And it kind of comes down to this. I Again, you mentioned the assessments, and I remember when I was younger, of course, you know, every time a new one come along, let's see what, you know, because, of course, I want to know, right? But um, it was one of those things where if someone's confused on their spiritual gifts, it comes down to I agree with what Matt said in the sense of where's your relationship with God at? Where's your surrender at? As you know, we're, mm -hmm. we're talking with that. But it, it kind of comes down to this. Um, are you just seeking God? God is not a God of confusion. Mm -hmm. Like the assessment isn't what's going to tell you. Other people aren't going to tell you. It's am I surrendered? Am I ready to be used? Am I, you know, am I clay in the hands of the potter? Pretty much is kind of what it comes down to, right? He's the one that decides how he wants to use me at the time he wants to use me. And versus, give me my answer, right? Mm -hmm. I want my, I want my badge. Yeah. I want my name card. Like, it's says, like we're you know, looking at them the wrong way. Very much so. The yeah. confusion is, is that's why I, I agree wholeheartedly. It's God chooses what He wants to give me when He wants to give it to me because they're not my gifts. They're His, mm -hmm. and He can decide. I need you to have this one right now. Boom, here you go. Mm -hmm. That's how I, I so, would say I definitely I, see it. Am I right in understanding, Brian? This would be a, a question maybe for you in the way that you guys operate more. At, at harvest so let's say i have the the spiritual gift of healing right um that does not mean that i can muster that gift it's not like my superpower where i can just pull it out anytime i choose 
right? But that's where I'm saying like, this is a gift that God has given me. And sometimes he moves me in my spirit to administer this gift on his behalf. Um, it's not an all the time thing. It's a when God chooses thing, when I'm submitted and surrendered. I think the way to answer that question is to look at our perfect example, who's Jesus. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jesus never prayed for someone to be healed and they weren't healed. But there was also times where he didn't pray for everyone. And his response to that is, I only do what I see the Father doing. Okay. And so it goes back again to relationship. Where are you at in your relationship with God? And, and how intimate are you in your relationship with God? And, and you know, I, I love the example of the pool of Bethsaida, where Jesus walks into all these crippled people around this pool, and they all want to get to the pool and be healed. And he goes and he heals one man in the midst of all of that. And yet there's other times where it says, and the crowds came to him and he healed everyone that came. How did he know the difference? Because he only did what he saw the Father doing. And that goes back to relationship. Mm. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good... Way to bring it back to Jesus, Brian. Man. See? <laughs> good work. Bring in the good stuff. <laughs> no, so so as, as we're having this conversation, the way I'm, the way I'm processing it in my mind, if we talk about that... You know, God will empower these gifts, and as we're submitted and surrendered, you know, He will He will manifest His power through us mm-hmm. in whatever way He needs for the moment, if we're available. More often than not, that's going to be in a way that's suited to the personality that He gave us. Mm-hmm. Sometimes not, uh, but but the catch is right. Our goal is to walk in relationship um, and and to be submitted to the Holy Spirit and to let the gifts work themselves out. Mm-hmm. Um, as the Holy Spirit chooses to do. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, that that makes sense to me. And I think, yes. you know, it's not, though, the easy, clean answer that right. I think we all want. Clear as mud. <laughs> I, mean, I say I, that all the time. I think, I think. I mean, right, we, we, we want, like, like David yeah. said, we want the stamp. Like, this is the one that it is, and I have it, and whether we mm-hmm. wear it as a badge or, or whether, right. whether we really do seek to honor God by being submitted to that, mm-hmm. I think the reality is that that's not necessarily the way God chooses to right. work. I'm, yeah, um, I'm beginning to think that just we've made it out to be something different than what it is Well, a little bit. I think so, and I think when we think spiritual gifts we automatically think of these spectacular things, yeah. right? We automatically think of the tongues and the healing and the prophetic words and, mm-hmm. and these kinds of things. But, you know, I mean, sometimes you need to be gifted to sit with, with somebody in hospice that's dying and to love them and to care for them and to pray for them and to pray with them and to give them comfort. Like, like that is a gift of mercy, like Brian was talking about. Like, like it's not spectacular, Mm-hmm. It's necessary, right? You you need to be gifted um, to be able to be hyper generous more than what is commanded, but because God just moves you in your heart to to meet needs where they exist, and like that's that's a movement of the Holy Spirit. They're mm-hmm. just they're not the ones we think of mm-hmm. because they're not visible. Well, and see, those are the ones I naturally think of. I'm, the other ones seem. Not unattainable, but just seem, I think they seem so like mystical almost Mm -hmm. because especially for someone like me with my church background, like we just didn't grow up with that sort of thing as, as normal, you know? And so, um, yeah, so I kind of tend to gravitate. No, like what's the more ordinary thing (laughs) ways we can be spiritually gifted? Oh, let's be fair, Malia. (laughs) And I think we would all agree you're extraordinary. See, and that's what's that's kind of interesting. That was though, so cheesy. I know. Because <laughs> I would fall under 
in my brain, like a mercy gift to me would be like, that's the extraordinary one. Because I think <laughs> of my personality. I'm, exactly. I'm, see, yeah. don't be wrong. Tongues don't, I mean, those are healing. Yeah. If you saw that, I'd be like, oh my goodness. But my personality is the introvert. My personality is the guy that does not want to put myself in those positions uncomfortable like that to me is like god you got to give me that or i can't do any of the you know Mm -hmm. like in this situation Mm -hmm. if you don't show up so yeah i start seeing those as the more you know extreme administration is the same one like the details sometimes can get mind like Mm -hmm. it stresses me out and mind boggles me so that's why when that one's listed i see that as like that's supernatural because that's taking my personality and completely shifting it to to be able to do something that i don't want to do besides coordinate besides coordinating coordinating. it comes from a misconception (laughs) that we see in the bible okay when we read the bible we're reading a highlight reel of what's taking place in their life i mean yeah it says that you know um peter would walk down the road and people would get healed but i don't necessarily think that that was like 365 days every a year every time every peter checked the every mailbox t- yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah you know i mean peter was like I, let's go get a glass of water and it was like Why? everybody got healed on the way you know and and so we we've <laughs> elevated it to this like extraordinary out of blow your mind kind of stuff when in reality the gifts were meant for our everyday mm. um but but even beyond that, we separate the inner working and the outer working of the Holy Spirit, and they're both meant to be one and the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would consider the inner working of the Holy Spirit to be the fruit of the Spirit and, and the process of sanctification where we become more like Christ, where our character is mm-hmm. becoming more aligned with His character, and, and the outer working being these ministry gifts where we are um, using them to accomplish the Great Commission. Where we're out to, we're going to make disciples of all the earth. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, David. That yeah, that's a perfect point. I think you made that pretty eloquently. I I, I love that because I don't think people typically put those together, right? The fruits of the spirit and the gifts of the spirit. Obviously, they go together, but most people separate them out, and they're like, well, this is this is my personal growth, and then this is my expression of, well, and, and they just flow so freely from one another. At least they should. And and you're you're at fourteen. Yep, 1 Corinthians yep. 14, so I'm assuming that you already hit 1 Corinthians 13. We did. Which is the love chapter. No, we skipped that one. You skipped that one. You're like, no, nah, like, that doesn't no, apply. You've heard that plenty <laughs> in weddings. We yes. don't need to yeah. talk about that. <laughs> we, we only talk on certain aspects of the Bible. That's right. Um, <laughs> That's how we roll. Here's the reality. There is one fruit of the Spirit, mm-hmm. and that fruit is love. And all of the other things are the expression of love, joy, peace, patience. That's an expression of love. And then Paul in 13 says, look, I can prophesy, but if I do it without love, it has no bearing. It's just I, I'm hurting people. I'm, I'm a, you know, a clanging symbol. And I, basically he's saying I, I hurt people or I do damage if I don't function in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, which is inner working and outer working both together. Mm-hmm. Every gift should be functioned in love. And it kind of goes back to taking away that, well, what is my gift? Well, am I, if we're, if we're saturated in, in God's love, Mm-hmm. And that love is flowing out of us, and the, the that love and that gift is connected. Then that's when we really do um, the best at yeah, showing people Jesus. It really comes down to three words in my brain as we're talking. So if the fruit of the spirit, this is how I said it in the sermon a couple weeks ago: fruit of the spirit is the life of Jesus flowing through me. The the gifts of the spirit is the work of Jesus flowing through me. Three words would just 
kind of came to mind is for that to work, either one of those, we need to be submitted, mm-hmm. we need to be available, and we need to be living a life of obedience. Absolutely. If any one of those three we're, we're neglecting, the fruit isn't going to be coming and the gifts aren't going to be coming because mm-hmm. we've created a barrier for all, you know, for that work. So when we focus on like, what's my gift? What's my, we're asking mm-hmm. them, it's like, am I, am I available? Mm-hmm. Am I submitted? And am I living a life of obedience that I'm called to live? If I'm not in any one of those, then I shouldn't be surprised that the spirit isn't working through mm-hmm. me because I'm purposely putting myself in positions not so... to be used. I mean, we, we need to switch gears here, <laughs> but one more question. Um, so can a person be um, using their gifts, but not like recognizing what, what they're using or doing or no? Or no, because if you're fully here's, walking. Here's, here's what I would say. Um, I, I think we get, I mean, it's great if, if we think about it in terms of spiritual gifts. But, Molly, I'll use you for an example. You are chasing after God on a daily basis. You know, sometimes it's better than others, but but your intention is to chase after God. Your intention. What do I know that you don't? (laughs) I'm just saying, like, like that's your that's your goal. You you are submitted. (laughs) You know, let's use David's three words, right? You're submitted, you're Mm -hmm. available, and you're obedient to the best of of your your ability each day and when you mess up you confess and you keep doing that mm-hmm. Here, here's the thing that means that you are putting yourself in a position to follow the holy spirit of god and you are saying yes when he prompts you to to do or be something right i mean there's no way then in my estimation that whether you've named it a spiritual gift or mm-hmm. you've named it just what god told me to do or whatever sure. you name it you're walking in what he has for you if you're submitted you're available and you're obedient, then whether you can call it what it is or you're not sure what to name it or if it was just this weird working of God, doesn't matter. Okay. Right? Like, I mean, I, 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 get what I, don't, you're want to, I don't want to speak for everybody, no, I get what but you're that, saying. that seems pretty clear based, based yeah. on, on this idea. Like, like, if you're not saying no to, to the Holy Spirit, then you're using your gift. Yeah. I think I think just for me, it's my personality. Sure. Where I'm just I need to like label everything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. my handy dandy labeler, and so I don't like all the vagueness. Yeah. <laughs> and stuff. Well, but it's gonna be okay. See, I think instead of instead of looking at it as vague, mm-hmm. look at it as freedom. Okay. Right. Instead of looking at it as it's vague and I don't know what it is, it's freedom. Just to, if I just say yes to what the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. is telling me, and I live a life that honors God in this way, yeah. then I have the freedom to just exercise all of these gifts, mm-hmm. whatever God puts in front of me. They I'm, don't have I'm to doing. have a name. That's yeah. the way I would look at okay. it. Now, no, I, that's that's a much better frame of mind for me. To be fair, though, I, I'm a guy that that grew up like you mm-hmm. not in situations where we were like oh the gifts of the spirit the gift, you know that that wasn't my upbringing and so mm-hmm. I don't know that I see it the right way but that's the way I would frame it mm-hmm. I like how we're just kind of looking around the room <laughs> we're looking around the table like <laughs> somebody else answered that question <laughs> so hard. well and just and it's also if we're obedient but we're you said this Matt many times in the sermons spiritual gifts are for the benefit of others. Yeah. yeah. So if the we can walk away us. from it going mm-hmm. like, I didn't do that for my glory. Yeah. I didn't do that for my pat on the back. I didn't do that for my, if I, if I was genuinely concerned okay. about others. All right. Yeah. And, yeah. And that makes sense. Serving them. 
then which yeah. which kind of leads us into then the second half of 14 because this is one of the things i was asking brian about yesterday that i thought was so insightful uh what, what he was sharing because it, it's so we've got these spiritual gifts that are for the building up and the edifying of the church right if i do it wrongly then i'm tearing down but i want to build up i want to want to do this um you know what is the context for that is it always on Sunday morning? Because Paul's going to talk in the second half of 14 about how does this work itself out in corporate worship, but course, corporate worship that looks much different then than it looks today, right? So, so how, does it, how does it work itself out? So how do you guys ferret that out? Do you, do you talk about exercising the gifts more in corporate worship or more in your everyday life? Like how do you, how do you guys... I think you're talking more the sign stuff though are you talking in general i'm, I'm just talking in general okay. like like the gifts that god is giving you like are, okay. are you like hey god's giving you that gift so hold on to it and then on sunday morning let's let's figure out how to use it in the service or for the service or you know or is it more of a hey let's figure out what to do all the time to be building up the church Yes. Okay. I mean, that's the simplest answer. Sure. Give it to it, us. It should be both. I think we go back to the intent of spiritual gifts as they were given to us by Jesus. And this is what Jesus said. He said, go into all the world and make disciples. And then he tells his disciples as he's ascending into heaven, don't tackle the Great Commission until you receive power. Go into Jerusalem and wait until you are until power comes upon you is the easiest translation of that. And and so essentially he was saying I want you to fulfill the great commission uh, the great commandment uh, great commission um, but I want you to wait till I enable you to do that. And so the gifts are really about fulfilling the great commission. So does it matter if we do it in a church service or we do it in the marketplace or at the grocery store or at work or something like that? We should be doing both. And then we say, well, Paul says that the gifts are for edifying and building up and encouraging the body of Christ. So how do you use that in the marketplace? Well, I would say that edifying the church is fulfilling the Great Commission. If we're encouraging each other, if we're building each other up, if we're saying, you can do this, you can be everything that God created you to be, you know, Nike, be all you can be, or whoever says that thing. That's the Nikes army. just do it, so, yeah, the armies be all you can be. Yeah, they're way bigger than Nike. Um, that You can edit that out, right, Malia? <laughs> she can. She won't. She, she won't. Can. Can. Yeah, she'd be like, no, that one's definitely staying. That's going to be the soundbite. <laughs> no, what she's going to want is for you to um, sing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but David's just just yeah, that place. David, of, David's got to go coordinate now. Of being all that you can He's be, be, all that he can be in coordinating in your job or in Christ Jesus, one of the two. Um, it, that's the point of encouraging, equipping the church, and so ultimately, all of the gifts point back to: Are we fulfilling the Great Commission, which is to go in all the world and tell people about Jesus and make disciples who follow after Him? Yeah, that's awesome. So, so one of the things that I struggle with in, in my time, not, not necessarily talking about here at Blessed Hope, but just in church in general, is that I've had conversations with people before that, that will, that will um, talking specifically about sign gifts, right? You're talking about like, like prophecy or tongues or those things and um, these prophetic things. And they'll say, well, you know, I'm frustrated because I don't feel like there's space for me to express these gifts in worship. Um, and, and part of, part of my frustration with those folks sometimes is, okay, I get that. Where are you expressing them 
outside of this 75 minutes on a Sunday morning. Like, like, you know, I find it hard to believe the Holy Spirit is only empowering you in these 75 minutes. And, and are there opportunities for you to lay hands on and pray for people outside of a Sunday morning? Is there, is there time for you to speak biblical truth to people outside of a Sunday morning? It, it, where does where does that exist? And we want to create space for what God wants us to create space for, but but we also want to we, we want to be obedient all the time. So how do you how do you encourage people like to continue in their gifts all week long, or, or to continue being submitted and available and obedient all week long? I think some of that comes with understanding the gifts a little bit more and in order to understand them we have to learn about them and study them and uh, I think that's where you know Malia saying can I function in a gift without knowing it technically yes uh, it is possible I don't know that it's necessarily as probable Mm -hmm. because we need to be learning and understanding Um, but I also think that we we handpick certain gifts out like um you know, uh, prophecy can only happen in a church service. Healing most likely only happens in a church service. But hospitality and mercy is probably going to happen more at work or at the grocery store or at my family barbecue. They're all coming from the same spirit. They're all gifts that are intended for the same purpose. And so, yes, they should function in and out of... There are some that are going to be more predominant. You're probably not going to like thus saith the Lord and prophesy at the grocery store. And yet, I don't know. I think I've heard those people. (laughs) They are there. They're usually on the corner somewhere. Um, But there are, nobody's listening. You can speak a prophetic word over somebody's life in a conversation. Um, You know, I have prayed over people prophetically before, and I'm just praying what the Lord put on my heart. And later on, they're like, how did you know that? Well, I didn't. I was just being obedient to the Lord and praying over you. And so so many times we view the gifts as having to be platformed because our Western style of church is we all sit here facing the platform and and, and every person that functions in that capacity is going to be on the platform when they do it. The reality is that can happen in so many different venues and so many different ways. Um, We call it doing life together. You know, at Harvest, let's just do life together. Mm -hmm. And I can be praying for you um, at your house. I can be praying for you at work. I can be functioning in mercy or or in hospitality or in the prophetic. You you can, you know, just speak a prophetic word over someone without it being some magical moment of booming voice from the Lord. This is what God wants you to know. You can just speak the word of the Lord over them as you're in conversation or, or praying with them or whatever it may be. Um, I don't I don't feel like I answered that question. No, I, very I think well. that's that's a that, that's a, a I think you answered it really well. I mean I think the idea being that that uh, really if we're being it goes back to those three words David shared, right? If we're if we're submitted, we're available and we're obedient, it might be public. It might be intimate. Right, it, it might be private. It might be any number of things because that's when God prompts you to do it. Um, but I, I also, I also like your your point that yeah, in, in this church, um, this culture, we are platformed a lot, um, and, and that's good in some ways. It's problematic in others. 
Um, but it does create the impression that if I am doing this, it must be upfront, public, and at the center of everything. Yeah. And that's not necessarily what the early church was talking about. It's not the context Paul was addressing uh, necessarily. Um, and it does kind of cloud a little bit of, of how we merge the two. And, and and I explain that concept, and this kind of moves off of spiritual gifts yeah. a little bit, but but in the context, it's it, it's connected. Um, we start our Christian walk on Sunday morning, and 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 the pinnacle of my Christian walk revolves around a Sunday morning church service, and then uh, my goal is for that church service to to encourage me and equip me enough to make it through the week, so I make it to next Sunday and I'm still saved. When really, I believe the New Testament church was designed to start on Monday morning and to be the church all week long with Sunday morning being the celebration of what we have just accomplished and lived throughout the week. And so instead of, of starting with Sunday morning, hoping to make it back to Sunday morning, we start with Monday morning, looking forward to the celebration of what God did all week. Mm, and it's just a different concept. Of, yeah. Dude, it's, a, it's, a, it's a paradigm shift, right? It is. Look at Brian bringing the good stuff. I know. He's a good guest. Yeah. I'm going to just have him back. I think so. Keep talking about this stuff. Malia, what else you got? You got big questions. Um, I don't really have big questions, but so are, do we agree that... I mean, is this going to, I would imagine this is going to vary from church to church, though, that like specifically what we talked about on Sunday was that we didn't necessarily think that speaking in tongues during the corporate gathering was edifying to the sure. body. Um, kind of the, you know, it's confusing to people that maybe don't know what that is or aren't believers or maybe don't really know much about it. And um, so is that something like, do we is that something we agree on so, no i can tell you this i visited brian's i mean i've been to i've been to harvest a lot but on a sunday morning only once mm-hmm. uh one of the sundays that pastor david was preaching and i had no responsibilities i was able to sneak out and go mm-hmm. to harvest um so just the one experience right. there and so i don't know if this is regular typical atypical what but while we were there um in the midst of the musical worship someone stood up um and and um prayed a a prayer in would be a a heavenly tongue language Mm -hmm. um someone else interpreted the tongue Mm -hmm. um brian i I think you at that point if i'm remembering correctly you know um maybe for my benefit because i'm not normally there my kids (laughs) i or maybe that's something you do regularly but but stood up and said hey here's what just happened um this happened there was an interpreter this is this is what was said Let's move on and worship. Sure. Um, I mean, the reason why I'm asking is I'm just kind of trying to like be like, so if someone came, was here on Sunday and heard you say that and then went to another church yeah. the next Sunday and they're worth like, that would be confusing to be like, oh, sure. well, Matt said this. And well, so what? Yeah. I think I think most of what we said Sunday was in context of, of what Paul says in the first half of 14, which is never without interpretation. Mm-hmm. So the question that we'll deal with this coming Sunday is if there is interpretation, what is the process and where is the space? Sure. Do we or don't we and why is that? I think what he's saying in the first half of 14 is if there is not interpretation, don't. Mm-hmm. Right? It is not acceptable without someone to interpret because then it is highlighting you, not edifying the church. Uh, that's why he says, I, I, 
I mean, I, I speak in tongues, but I'd rather speak five words that are intelligible. Um, you know, that presupposes there's no interpretation. So, I, I mean, I think that's the way we would operate. I think that's the way you would operate in that too, right? Without interpretation, there's no space. Yeah. I think that comes down to discernment. Is this a prayer in my spirit to God? Or is this my spirit communicating with the spirit of God? Or is this God wanting to declare something to us as his people. Um, and as the individual, we have to discern that. And Paul even speaks to that. If there's no one there to interpret, then you either need to remain silent or pray that the Lord would give you the interpretation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of tongues interpretation is, is our, our, our struggle with it is about fear of what we don't understand. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I don't fully understand tongues and interpretation and the difference between tongues and interpretation and prophecy. In my brain, I say, well, why wouldn't we just prophesy what the Lord is saying? Why does it have to be in a heavenly language? Uh, I don't know. I'm not God, and I'm glad I'm not, and I'm glad he is. Um, I mean, yet- we like you, but we're glad you're yeah. not too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. As Matt would say, it's above my pay grade. It is above it's my just, pay grade. Yes, like, yes. There is no pay grade for that. I was going to say, and, and, and if it's not, then I need a raise. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, that's where I think faith comes into some of that and being like, you know what? I just need to trust my relationship with God mm-hmm. and I need to trust God in that. Um, but it's also a misunderstanding of tongues and interpretation. And, and I'm not a great theologian who's going to have all of the answers. I, I struggle with some of those answers myself. Uh, I think we all do if we're mm-hmm. honest with mm-hmm. ourselves. Um but there's the question of, are, are tongues and interpretation somebody speaking in another language that they don't know, and somebody else is there that hears it in their name? That's what happened in Acts 1-8, or in, in Acts chapter 1 and 2, um, where they, you know, the Holy Spirit came, they were baptized with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues. And there was people from all over the world that went, they, they say there was probably 14 different languages there. Hmm. They went whoa, wait a minute, these people are all Hebrews mm-hmm. and they're speaking in my native tongue. Um, I've experienced that where somebody gives a word in tongues and somebody else is there and went, wow, they just spoke in my native dialect and this mm-hmm. is what God spoke to me. Yes, I believe that's tongues and interpretation. Can it also be a heavenly language where God is is expressing something to his people through that? I, I've experienced that and believe that as well. I don't know and understand it all. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to do my best to walk in that in faith and, and trust God in that. And um, as long as it's not um, going against the word of God, as long as it's not unbiblical, then let's see what God says and where yeah. he takes us. I think that's the thing. You, you're right. Like like a lot of our, our issue with tongues and prophecy is fear-driven. Yeah. What are they going to say? Yeah. <laughs> is it going to contradict something? Is it going to cause issues? Is it going to be a problem? Where the reality is, listen, um, we have the ultimate litmus test, right? God will not contradict himself. Yes. We have the word of God. And as that, as the lens... We can interpret everything and discern what's right, wrong, um, helpful, not helpful, and and so I don't. We, we don't have to be fear driven in that um, as as much. But Malia, back to your, your 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 thought about like so so is there space for it in the corporate worship mm-hmm. when there is interpretation? Mm-hmm. I think everybody would agree, 
unless we're misunderstanding Paul, that when there is not interpretation, it's not something we indulge in the corporate worship. Mm-hmm. When there is interpretation, the question of is there space for it? Um, I know Harvest, there is, right? I've experienced that, um, and it was seamless. It was not chaotic. It was not, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it was not random. It, I mean, it, it was it was intentional and purposeful. Um, at Blessed Hope, we don't historically necessarily create space for those things. We're not mad at them, mm-hmm. right? But we don't necessarily create space. Does that mean we never would? No. Um, does it mean um, that we're doing it wrong? I don't think so. I think ultimately um, there is, and I think Brian, you made this point yesterday or, or Chandler, your associate pastor, and also your father-in-law, um, probably <laughs> made one of you, give a shout out to Chandler, um, just a ton of wisdom in that guy. Uh, but but made the point that um, God is bigger than our parameters, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like like that that if we structure in order the best way we understand Scripture, God will honor it and cause thriving under it. Uh, we're not going to subvert God. Yes. Um, and so I think that that however we walk in this, we're different than harvest. Harvest is different than us. We're different than you know, Prairie Creek or, or, you know, we all do it differently, but ultimately God can, the Holy spirit is welcome and can thrive in any environment. Um, because God's not stifled by us. Sure. So, uh, and we'll talk more about, we'll get more into the details of that on Sunday about, you know, like what, where's the space or whatever. But, but I think that the easy answer is uh, it shouldn't scare us if we go to a church that does it differently than we do, right? right? We should be able to understand that mm-hmm. if, if the word of God is being preached and the gospel is being shared and, and, and the Holy spirit is being honored, then God is, is going to work in and through that context, even if it's different than the way we do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that, that there's, that's just an honor and respect. I think among yeah. churches that do it differently, that mm-hmm. we need to be able to understand that. That, Pastor Chandler mentioned that yesterday that that we need to function in respect towards each other in mm-hmm. that yeah mm-hmm. and that's just honoring one another and loving one yeah. another yeah yeah so that which is why we which is why we love to partner with Harvest right like like yep. you guys are are um, you certainly would would have more of a manifestation of of these more prophetic gifts in the course of of a Sunday morning than we do. Um, However, um, that's awesome, right? Like, like we're not mad at that. Like, that is in your structure and in your wheelhouse, and, and you're you're preparing for Bailiwick. that and asking Bailiwick, asking God to bless it. Um, you know, we don't necessarily create quite that same um, environment, but I don't feel like we're stifling God or the Holy Spirit here. And and, and I, I just think there's there's freedom mm-hmm. in each of the bodies to to kind of do the things they want, which is, is is one of the reasons why it's so awesome that we can partner together and learn from each other and, and grow. And um, yeah, I don't know. And I also think the reality is if if our congregation was to join up with your congregation for a Sunday or vice versa, most of our people would sit back and go, we're actually not that different. No. Yeah. Our our yeah. services don't yeah. look no different. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's no there's no chaos. There's no right? chaos. That's, that's Paul's whole point in fourteen is whatever you do, do it with order yes. and honor to God in mind. 
And it's keeping the main thing the main thing. Yeah. Never prioritize spiritual gifts over the work and ministry of Jesus Christ, which is salvation. Yeah. That is the main thing. We are all wanting to be followers of Jesus Christ. How that looks in each different church is a little bit different. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, and this we talked about this yesterday, Matt, a little bit. Um, God is a God of order. Mm-hmm. All of creation is meticulously ordered. And God functions within that order and structure. He has bound himself to the order of his own creation. And so he is able to work within that. You know, you you were mentioning that God's bigger than the order and structure that we have. He can work through that and in the midst of that. And he's not like, oh my gosh, I can't work at Blessed Hope this Sunday because (laughs) they did it differently than they did last week. He's bigger than that. Um, Yes, at Harvest, we give space to that. But we also have structure for that. I mean, we're not telling people to come tame snakes on our platform. I mean, just, in all Ooh. seriousness, you know. Can you that, invite me on that Sunday? Yeah, on that Sunday yeah. I mean, Snake. I want I want to watch from I'm going to have distance. to invite you on that Sunday because I'm not going to be okay, there. Snakes on a platform. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry. Did you just pull out a Sam Jackson movie? Yeah. Oh, no. Hey, uh, if you can do it, I can do it. It's That's getting true. deep in That's here. That's true. <laughs> but but we do give platform to that, but we also do it with structure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and our congregation knows what that structure yeah. is. There is a time and a place of, if there is a space in worship where we can move in the prophetic gifts without interrupting what is taking place, then we welcome you to do that. Um, but, but in a lot of those areas, we ask them to go talk to the elders. Go speak mm-hmm. to an elder and ask them if and where this fits into what God is doing in our service right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the idea of these things being exp- expressed in a smaller group setting. Um, yes, I think they should be expressed in a, in a Sunday morning or a corporate worship setting to encourage one another. But the place that we develop them and learn how to function into the gifts and a safe space for that is in a smaller group setting where we do it in a, a more relational way. Well, and mm-hmm. contextually, right, the church that Paul's writing to Agreed. is a small group yes it's a it's a church in a home mm-hmm. it's not the church of the city coming together with hundreds and thousands of people it's it's hey the, the church that meets house at church. chloe's house and yes. the, the church that meets at malia's at house Chloe. and the Slider. church <laughs> yeah at dorcas <laughs> tabitha's house right like like all of these different places and so so contextually that's more of the flavor of what paul's dealing with there our church just doesn't look the same um, in our culture, and that's a whole other podcast we can have about yeah. uh, about good, bad, otherwise, and, and and maybe the movements that are happening there and should happen there. But but in general, like that's 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 a good place for those to be exercised and practiced. Which is which goes back to the look. If, if you're not involved in Christian community outside of Sunday morning, right? I, don't come to me and tell me I'm frustrated. I can't express my gifts on Sunday morning. Right, like you know, I get you, and I want to create space, and I, I, I want to help you walk in that. But man, you got to be, you got to be involved in some Christian service and community, like you said, Monday through Sunday. We're just celebrating on Sunday. Mm-hmm. What do you got to celebrate if you're not doing yeah. um, some mm-hmm. of that stuff during the week? Yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, Brian, thank you so much for being here. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. That was a lot Thank of you. fun. Yeah. yeah, hopefully you'll consent to coming back at some point. Yeah, we'll take that a day at a time. All right, <laughs> fair enough. No, I get no, that. I, I do. I get it. Oh, awesome. Thanks it's for listening. All right.